Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're seeing that this is yeah, not this but, crazy airborne thing. Yeah, but, but, but wait, but scientists are saying the opposite, people. Mike. You're, you're playing armchair epidemiologist. Scientists are saying the opposite. They're saying indoors is Dr. Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci has said it. Oh, dude, come on. New York City's restaurant dining rooms were supposed to be open by now. They were supposed to be open July 6th, but after seeing COVID cases spiking around the country, Mayor Bill de Blasio had a change of heart. And so the rest of New York State is indoor dining at half capacity with social distancing enforced, but the five boroughs do not. Both the state and city's COVID numbers have remained low, relatively speaking. We are not seeing the dramatic rises in cases that so much of the rest of the nation has this summer. New York and much of the Northeast, we've been the outliers. We've defied the odds. After getting slammed early on, we've seemingly learned from it and are in a good place, which begs the question, is it time for the city's dining rooms to reopen? Are we keeping numbers low because of precautions like this? Or now that the numbers are low, is it time to focus on the economic well-being of these small businesses? Joining me to debate this here on Hot Takes on a Plate is my friend Mike Puma. Food lovers know him by his Instagram, Gotham Burger Social Club. Mike, you and I have been DMing for months about this now. We, we haven't always seen eye to eye, but I also recognize that DMs on social media are not the best way to communicate points. I think there are a lot of shades of gray with this one, a lot of nuance, and I thought discussing it here may be beneficial for some to hear. So I guess before we, we get into it, kind of what, what is your perspective on all of this as it pertains to restaurants being fully open or being able to do what they need to do to, to survive right now? Sure. And Rob, thanks for having me on. This is a, a great opportunity to discuss this. Um, first, you know, I'm, I'm not a doctor. We all have to go with our gut feeling, what we see in the news, the numbers, how it affects the people around us. Um, so let's just start because I think this is a very polarizing topic that there is not going to be a 100% correct answer. We all know that. Um, my viewpoint kind of has been, let's open up a little bit, 25%, 30%, 40%, whatever that number is, that people can be distanced inside, uh, at least in the states that are behaving. You know, New York City did a great job. Um, our numbers are under control. We've exceeded expectations, and we're still at this crossroads. Uh, I completely understand why we are. You know, everybody's afraid of a, a spike, but it lends. You know, to the question: How long can we do this? I guess that's a real question. This, we're going on what six, six months now of this. Uh, I think a lot of people in the city have, have played by the rules. They've done a great job. Businesses have done a great job, but how much longer can businesses hold on? And we're not just talking about, you know, bars for entertainment's sake. I mean, that, that there's, this is people's livelihoods. There are people that this is their only source of income to provide for their families. Uh, but we're also talking about theater, um, sporting events, schools. You know, this is really across the board. Um, and I, I think it's a, an, an interesting topic, nonetheless. 
I mean, I've been describing it to, to people I talk to in the hospitality industry. It's, it's the ultimate lose-lose. That, that was the way I brought it up to people when this whole thing first started back in, in January. And, I, you know, there was a period. It's funny because we forget about it now. You know, it, it's been so long. But there was a period in early January when we knew this thing was, was serious. We didn't know how serious. There was no mandate about closing restaurants or what to do. And and a lot of small business owners were going, what do I do? Oh, my gosh. And it was the ultimate lose-lose because on one hand, if you close your business, you can't make money. And, you know, some look, some people in the restaurant business have reserve funds. A lot of people in the restaurant business do not. They are the epitome of mom and pop. And so they were in a position where they not only couldn't earn money, but they couldn't pay their employees. On the flip side, if you stay open in in that situation, what kind of risk are you putting yourself in and, and what kind of risk are you putting your employees in? And so it is complicated and there isn't a, a one size fits all. I think, you know, I I was I agree with de Blasio about not opening indoor dining for restaurants. I think I, and the reason I, why I thought that was a good move is because the, the, well, a few things. One, I, I don't want to get in a situation where we go back and forth, right? Like I don't want to get, because for a restaurant, it's really hard to say, all right, you can do indoor dining. And then two weeks later, now we're pulling the plug. Shut now down. you can do it. Now we're pulling the plug. No, you can do it. You know, that, that, that back and forth is just, you can't do that. And I think, you know, having surveyed the country, California to me is the cautionary tale because California was us at the beginning. California did everything right. You know, they were strict from the beginning. They had their numbers super low. They opened back up and now they are in a terrible spot. And New York is at such a disadvantage because of our population density. You know, I mean, things will spread faster here. And it's I've been just blown away by the job we've done. And I mean, I know you went to the, the Jersey Shore this weekend and you saw a difference in people's attitudes versus New York City. New York City, you got people wear masks. Yeah. And I feel like the, the difference is like people look at us from New York City and they kind of get standoffish. And I'm like, I felt a hundred times more comfortable in New York City uh, from, a, from a COVID perspective than I did down at the Jersey Shore. See a lot of groups of people walking around. Um, Again, no masks, even in restaurants, people exiting and entering restaurants without masks. Uh, we did have a great experience last night at a restaurant, Grand Tavern. Um, they did a fantastic job wiping down tables, no menus, go online, you know, easy menus, short. But, you know, you see the parks open, you see rides open on the boardwalk uh, and people just walking around without masks like there's nothing wrong. And that gets a little jarring. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, look, the numbers are going up nationally for a reason. You know, I checked them this morning. It's it's they're up thirty. New cases are up thirteen percent over the last fourteen days nationally. Deaths, which is a lagging indicator, up twenty seven percent. I mean, it's it's not good. It's not good. And you know, when we talk so that about kind of begs the question, you know, what what is the answer? You well, know, it, it, is the herd mentality the answer? And if you're compromised, I, older, you, you stay away, you you continue to get all your benefits from the government as an option. You just get to hunker down. Um, I here's my thought. My thought is, you know, I think, quite frankly, at this point, we should be paying people to stay home. 
like yeah. like legitimately. And yes, it will be expensive, but to me, I would rather nip this in the bud more like quickly than have this yeah, thing dragging out. Yeah, we did have a chance. And so look, we had one shot to do this right from the get go and through lack of leadership, through people's being, you know, being selfish, we screwed up. We didn't get it done. We shouldn't be where we are right now. I mean, why not pay restaurants to, you know, keep their dining rooms closed? Because here's the thing. It shouldn't have to be a choice, right? Like a restaurant shouldn't have to choose whether to put themselves in harm's way to make money or like th- that shouldn't be a choice. It shouldn't have to be a choice. Well, they should be able to be safe. But it's so much greater. Than oh, it is. It totally is. It totally is greater yeah, than restaurants. Theaters. So if we pay all of it. to keep all of them closed, which is maybe the only real answer, who's paying for that? You know, your grandchildren are going to be paying that bill and we're going to have more, you know, Greta Thunberg's yelling at adults. You were so irresponsible. We're paying for this mess. Uh, you're never going to get out of this mess. You know, I mean, Bezos could pay for it. (laughs) Bezos could pay for it. He's got enough money. Just have Bezos pay for it. So that's, those are all pipe dreams. You know, the reality is, yeah, if, if we could afford to pay every business to stay closed for the next two months, that's probably the best answer. But, you know, here's the, but I will say this. The, the, we're going to be back there, you know, until we have a vaccine and we don't even know when we're going to have a vaccine. We don't know if a vaccine is going to work the first round. We also don't know how many people are going to trust a, a an expedited uh, vaccine that is really not going through the stringent trials that other drugs yeah. will go through. Um, I've heard a lot of people say, I'm not I'm not taking that first dose. Hell no. I don't trust it. Now, where are we at now? If we go on the timeline we're into 2021. You know, we've been going, like I said, through this now for about five months. Can we go another six months like this? Can we go another year? Like I, this? Look, I mean, I the flip side is, you know, loosening restrictions. If, if we're doing it just to save the economy, that's not necessarily going to save the economy. Sweden is the perfect example of this. I don't know if you followed what how Sweden approached this, but Sweden was like, the least restrictive country in the world they about this. Everything open. Yeah, they said they said, the look, we're we're, we're encouraging this, whatever, and their unemployment is still on the rise. Their consumer spending is still down, and their economy has not fared any better than their Nordic neighbors that were more strict at the beginning. Like because we are a global economy, and so mm-hmm. this idea that well, if we just open things up, the economy will go back to normal. It won't. Like it just won't. I think a lot of frustration comes from people and businesses uh, that are just looking at the hypocrisy of what's going on. That if I was a small owner of a, of a of a shop and you're telling me I can't open and let people in my store, but they can go to Home Depot yes, and they can go to Walmart and shop all day long, whatever they want with no problem. How is that fair? To other people. Oh, to so me, the, the ultimate hypocrisy is coming from. Oh, yeah. People the, in restaurants saying people can get on a plane. Yes, that is the ultimate one right no there. Problem. The plane. The plane we one drives me on crazy. Subway. We're encouraged to take the subway. I can get on a crowded subway train. Uh, yeah, we encourage people to wear masks. I see most people wearing masks, but not everybody. Uh, I'm also approached by panhandlers on the subway begging for money. There are street you know, performers performing on the subways. Um, is that the right environment? 
absolutely not. You shouldn't be, you know, swinging around and dancing on a subway under this current environment. But, you know, what are you going to do? What are the options? I mean, I think there's I think, nobody there to police everybody. I mean, to look, say, you, you bring up no, the airlines. I think down. I think the airlines are the are the perfect example, right? I mean, what do the airlines have that restaurants don't? They have powerful, powerful lobbying. They are big, big corporations. They, you know, they get they get so many breaks. I don't understand how an airline right now can operate at full capacity. Like, I just don't understand that. I don't understand this idea of, 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 a, of, a, of a plane being full, because here's the thing. Even if you're requiring masks on that plane, you're still letting people eat and drink and they're going to take their masks off. Could you imagine being sitting next to somebody on a plane who has their mask off next to you yeah. two inches apart? There's no distancing that your but, shoulders are touching each other. Your arms are touching each other. Right. There's no that monitor. shouldn't that shouldn't be happening. But my my thing with indoor dining is that. You know, you're people are taking their masks off at the table, and even though they're social distanced, the airflow like that's where the risk comes in. And I'll tell you the other thing that makes me really nervous right now, just about dining in general, is that you have servers who are wearing masks who are who are coming up to tables, and when they come up to the table, the people at the tables are not required to wear masks. And the way the masks work is when you wear a mask, it protects somebody else more than it protects you. So all these servers are being put in harm's way, and the really I, messed I up thing. You oh, hold on, let me finish. Well, does, well, hold on. Well, it, to an extent, it does, but it, it's you're more. You're not going to touch your your face. You're not going to touch your nose, your mouth. The mask I does mean, protect you, but not as much as it protects the other person. That's science. It protects. It, 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 the way it works is it protects. If I'm wearing a mask, it protects you more than it protects me. It's not that it doesn't protect me, but it protects you more. It's not a perfect, you know, even two people wearing masks, it's not perfect. It helps a lot, but it's not perfect. And really, this whole situation, if anything, has, it's kind of shown things in the restaurant industry that were already there that were messed up. Most of these people that are working in the restaurant industry do not have health care. And so they are in harm's way right now and do not have health care. And I don't necessarily blame the restaurant owners for that because a lot of them, quite frankly, can't afford to give their employees health care. And that's a problem. We have a lot of problems. Quite, I've been saying for years, eating out should cost more. People don't want to pay for it, but it should cost more because there's no reason that people working their their, their asses off at restaurants can't have health care. That's that's just should be a universal right. But it, I mean, if 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 every you know if everybody in the restaurant industry had health care, it'd be a little different. But that's where I'm coming from. Like I have, I still get takeout. I still get delivery. I think we have learned over time that. Food is not a conductor of this. You know, getting food from a restaurant is not going to kill you. But what is dangerous potentially is if you are sitting inside with a bunch of people and and like you said, a bunch of yo-yo customers who don't even believe this is a thing, <laughs> you know, doing mm -hmm. their thing. And I think of all those employees who are in harm's way and I just, you know, I get takeout, I get delivery, but I, I can't bring myself right now to eat at a restaurant. And I just, I just can't. I have a question for you. If you sneezed, do you think stuff will travel further outside or if you are inside? I mean, the thing about it is, and there's been studies on, there was the one, in, I think it was either in China or South Korea where they were doing a tracing study of how it spread at a restaurant, is that when you are outside, fresh air, It's we've just seen, it's, it's not as dangerous. Yeah, but stuff can travel. If there's a breeze... It's going to, you know, whoever mandated six feet 
it just sounds like a made up number that just it, sounds it does to me all. sometimes. Yes. Um, I was out one time and a guy kind of sneezed and coughed. I don't know if it was his, but I felt something on my leg and he was probably 20 feet away, way more than six feet, but we were outside. So the wind is going to carry things. My belief is indoors, guess what? You're probably going to be much more controlled. Things are not going to fly around. I mean, we're, we're seeing that this is yeah, not this but, crazy airborne thing. Yeah, but, but, but wait, but scientists are saying the opposite, thing. Mike. You're, you're playing armchair epidemiologist. Scientists are saying the opposite. They're saying indoors is – Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci. Has he's said it. So many times. He's oh, dude, come on! You're he telling told us not to wear. He told us not to wear masks in the beginning. They said not to wear masks because there was a shortage of masks, and we had said, medical professionals said, that needed them. And then they said, you know, bandanas, scarves, those things are useless. They're not going to work. And then all of a sudden, it became, you know, wear a bandana, wear any covering, it'll help. So, you know, yeah, here's an, an, an interview with Dr. Fauci from Market Watch. to a lot of these people. And that came from the Surgeon General, that came from CDC, World Health Organization. They all said, don't wear masks in the beginning. Well, look, I, I will say this. I think there's an erosion in trust of definitely government officials because, I mean, God, Trump has bungled this at a level that is just beyond comprehension. But from the get go, we should have had mandatory quarantine coming in and out of the country for 14 days. Uh, and we should have forced everybody to wear masks, but we didn't. So we screwed up. But look, Dr. Fa Dr. Fauci interview with Market Watch the other day. You know, uh, he says uh, he is, you know, he's not eating right now at restaurants. And he says, yes, absolutely. Indoors is much worse than outdoors. If you're going to go to a restaurant, try as best as you can to have outdoor seating that's properly spaced between the tables. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, look, the way I, the, again, I'm playing armchair epidemiologist right now, but like the analogy I'd make is like to your point before about sneezing and indoor versus outdoor is, you know, if somebody pees in the ocean and you're in the ocean, you know, that pee is probably not coming anywhere near you. If somebody pees in the kiddie pool and you're in the kiddie pool, watch out, <laughs> you know, that's the way I see yeah, outdoor versus indoor. Analogies, but I, I think to me, you let people make their decision. I think people... If they're healthy, if the restaurants are doing it the right way, you can start to let 25% of the people indoors and they will be more than distance. You know, but, maybe but, but does 25% help a restaurant? Does that help a restaurant even to, to only be able outside, to see 25%? Every, I don't know. Every table, every table is going to help. I mean, that's the because thing. Now like, you have 25% that could eat indoors when it's too hot or it's raining or anything else. Think about what these thunderstorms that we've had. That's a complete loss of business for these restaurants for the night. They're shut down. See you later. We'll see you tomorrow. We're not making money tonight. At least now I have the option to get 25% of people in there and serve 10 tables, five tables, whatever the space may be. I mean, the other thing that I'm worried about is, so obviously the numbers when it comes to rates going up and everything, they, they lag. So it's not like if we opened restaurants tomorrow, we'd see a spike tomorrow, you know, yeah. in, indoors, whatever. My concern is if we if we try to go back to a semblance of normal too soon, what's it going to do for September when schools are supposed to be open? And that's another big one. Look, I, I'm a parent of two children. If you put a gun to my head right now and said, do you feel comfortable sending your kid to school? I really don't know how to answer that right now because that's another lose-lose. I want my kids to go to school. I want my kids to 
have that social interaction. They need it. They, they learning in person is much more effective. These kids are losing uh, so much. And and quite frankly, as parents, how do you manage work when your kids are at home? Like, which is another challenge. On the flip side, if my kid ever got sick and, you know, and the other thing about COVID that's really scary is we don't know the long-term effects of this, right? Like it, like we're hearing these stories now of people who they got it and they seemingly got better and, oh, wait a second, a month later, they're having lung problems and all these other things. We don't know what this is going to do to people's bodies. It's so new. And so, you know, I, I, I feel like if we can keep the numbers low, we might have a chance to, to send our kids to school. And you want to talk about helping the economy, that's going to that really help cool. the economy. But I see that spike again. As soon as you open up, I, there's going to be a natural spike. You know, you that's just the thing. To, it's, I don't want to say grin and bear it, but it's just a reality. But but you that's know, the thing. It's but the, but the putting a toe in the water and then that's the other challenge, putting a toe in the water and then having to reverse course like that's the other that's like with school. Is. So like if, if if I send my kids to school and let's say a teacher gets COVID, are they now they're shutting down the schools? How does that even work? Like now that you've started to have it open and now you're shutting it down, like there's yeah. so many variables. And with restaurants, like, look, I think there are restaurants that do a great job where if one of their employees gets COVID, they're just going to close the restaurant for a week or two weeks or do whatever. They're supposed to. But, I mean, but I still, there's going to be some that don't. There's going to be some yeah, that are going to sweep it under the rug. There's a very popular restaurant in the East Village. I don't want to throw anybody under the table, but the, two of his chefs died from COVID, kept his restaurants open. To me, that was a huge no-no. And I have a lot of respect for other chefs that I talk to who are like, we're not opening up right now. We're not putting our employees at risk. This gentleman, while you know, sitting home, enjoying his uh, beautiful place in New York City in Miami, had his workers going to work every day, kept the restaurants open, and two of his chefs died. And look, that's another thing. Your income inequality is is coming out big time right now with all of this. That you, I don't, did you see that piece in the New York Times um, that's been making a lot of uh, buzz on the internet? Uh, basically, they profiled uber uber wealthy families who are really having to rough it out in their second homes during yeah, the pandemic. But, and there were there was like a quote about like how their house wasn't really constructed for this because they had to turn the butler pantry into an office, and it's just like. But a lot, look, there are definitely restaurant owners who own multiple restaurants, the really well to do ones who are getting to ride this out from a distance and not go to work. And they're sending their employees into work. Now, there are also restaurant owners who are there on the front lines with their employees. And I have a lot of respect for them. But, you know, it's really it. I feel like this whole situation is just it's 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 basically exposing issues that were already there in the system, but it's really shining a light on them. Yeah, again, it just goes back to when are we going to be ready? Until this is at zero, until there's a vaccine. And if those are the answers, then we got to hunker down for another six to 12 months. And what is that going to look like on the other end? If the government's willing to bail out all the businesses, that's your easy answer. Then we do it. Well, it's frustrating because this isn't like we're all going through this globally the same way. It's frustrating because we are seeing other countries that did it differently than us that are like kind of back to normal now or close to back to normal. We screwed the pooch here. We let we screwed it big time. And I don't know how we're getting it back. I just don't. And it's really frustrating. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, people don't quite you know, you hear people saying, oh, open up bars and people's thought process. Oh, so people can have fun and they can go out and drink. 
you're forgetting that, you know, some of these bar owners don't have a retirement account. Their retirement was hopefully to sell the bar. I spoke to one gentleman. Everything he owns is in his, his restaurant, his bar. And to close some of these bars, people saying, you know, now Cuomo's saying you have to have food. And he's dictating what food actually is. You know, chicken wings aren't good enough, but soup and a sandwich seems to be good enough. What happens to the bar who doesn't have a kitchen? You know, one of the things why we're doing a lot of pop-ups lately is to help out some of these bars that don't have kitchens so that they can serve food, drinks, and I could serve the food. So we're trying to, you know, find a, a way to make this all work. Uh, but there's a lot of bars that don't serve food. They don't have kitchens that are equipped. What are they supposed to do? They're, they're done? You know, unless I mean, this is the challenge because on the flip side... Food, on the flip side, a bar is also the place that most that would that would spread this pretty quickly. If you think of young people drinking and socializing yep. and and that's yeah, that's sort of the catch 22. I mean, look, I think being able to sell alcohol to go helps. I think that's been a, a really good move. Um, it, it, there's there's just there's so much just crap. With maybe this. It's maybe a, you put time limits at the bar. You, you have no group more than two allowed in. So you're going in with somebody that maybe you trust and you know, so you're not allowing six, eight, 10 people to congregate. Uh, you're going to have things spaced and you have the bar stools for an hour. So at least you have an hour to kind of get out. You're not going to get drunk and loud and stupid. And you have to get up and let somebody else come in, wipe down the area. And then somebody else can go in and enjoy the space for an hour. Maybe that's an option. I don't know. I mean, I wish there was a universal playbook for all this, right? Because I've talked to a lot of restaurant owners and look, some are being very creative and innovative and looking for ways to make things ultra safe, whether like you've seen it, you know, um, menu lists where, you know, maybe it's like something where you scan your phone and you see the menu and you don't have to touch anything and, and all yeah. of that's great. Um, I know like, uh, Dale Taldy up at goose feather in Terrytown, you know, he's got it set up where like the, to get in, you have to use a different entrance than to get out. So you're not passing in front of people. Now, some restaurants, that's impossible to do, obviously. Yeah. But but there are these ways of kind of thinking beyond the the basic CDC guidelines. And then, you know, I think some people, they just, it's not a knock on them. They just, they're, they're, they're not doctors. And so, you know, they're not medical professionals. And so they're just looking at the basic things to do, but not going that extra mile. And it's hard. Like it would be nice if there was like really, really, really good guidance out there for people, you know, that that's, you know, just it's I know David Chang has come up with some stuff with the Momofuku Empire and he's sharing it publicly if people want to like sort of copy his playbook. And I think that's great. But it's just I mean, I, I, I just I can't even imagine being a restaurant owner right now and trying to have to navigate this. And I think what it comes down to is I, I just I get mad that like the government's allowing the extra six hundred dollars in unemployment to just run out right now as if this thing is over. And, you know, look, that's been booing. If you're going to talk about the economy, that's, that's been booing it. You know, like it's, it's we, 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 we get, we've given bailouts to banks and the auto industry. Those are basically bailouts to humans, you know. And right now, I think humanity needs a bailout. The restaurant industry needs a bailout. You know, I think the, the people on the if front the lines need that. To continue to write checks, we do that. But where is that money coming from? All right, it's going to come in the form of taxes. We're just going to be paying. Oh, we've got That's plenty. I mean, look, we've children. got plenty of fat we can cut from budgets. I mean, we sp the government has a deficit that would bankrupt most countries. Well, look, we've been running deficits forever. <laughs> like we, we it's eventually, what we're good at. Eventually, but, you run out of, run, well, run out of breathing room. You know, well, eventually you start 
when millions become billions become trillions, they start to add up. And I mean, look, if we could we could get into a whole political conversation right now, and I'm I'm tempted to, but. I, you know, look, I mean, if, if certain people paid their share, we'd be all right, but it's, you know, look at the end of the day, I think we could, we could pull it off and I don't think we're, we're literally running out of that money. And I don't really have a better answer because what, what happens when we don't give people that is now we're we're having foreclosures. Now we're having people in massive poverty, you know, we have massive poverty and, you know, quite frankly, even if restaurants are allowed to open, who's going to be able to afford to go to them? (laughs) You know what I mean? There's going to be no discretionary spending money. I mean, the whole thing is a disaster. Are pivoting through all of this? They're making transitions. They're taking down their menu a little bit to make things a little bit more affordable, and they're doing what they have to to survive. But I think when everybody went into this, they figured, all right, we're going to hunker down for the next weeks to couple of months, and we'll get past this. And now we're going on month six, and now we're not seeing any light of tunnel. And now the fear is really setting in that we might not even be looking at a holiday season. As much as I want to keep people safe and as much as I'm talking about how I, I don't I don't think it's a prudent move to open dining rooms right now in the city, I can't imagine what New York City would look like without restaurants. I just I just you know if half the restaurants go away I think, like, I think like people are desensitized when they hear that and they say, well, you know there'll, there'll be another restaurant that'll open up but no, it's somebody's livelihood. It's the people that are behind these small restaurants. What are they going to do if they lose everything? Which is why we need more. I think you and I are on the same page here. Like, I think assistance would help this a lot. There needs to be some sort of assistance. But look, it's not just everybody's struggling right now. It's just it's 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 a terrible time. And I think the I mean, I don't have all the if I had all the answers you know, I'd, I'd be doing something more important than podcasting right now. <laughs> From what I've seen, I mean, there's so few people in the city right now. I'm, you know, of the, of, of the team of let's open up inside a little bit. If you feel there's a lot of people that won't eat inside because they don't feel comfortable and that's fine. We'll save you an outside seat. But if you feel comfortable going inside, here's what we're going to ask of you to do. Sanitize, wash your hands. Wear a mask until you're seated, have, you know, no menus. I have been in some outdoor dining areas where you'd be closer than you would indoors if you opened it up at 25%. But my question is with indoors, like, here's what I would do. Obviously, people are going indoors, right? Like, like you said, they're going to Home Depot, they're going to the supermarket. It's not like people are not going indoors. I've been indoors. I've gone to the doctor's I mean, office. Yeah, for they're things. keeping their mask. The whole time. Exactly. That's it. Like, why can't we do indoor dining and say to people, keep your mask on until you're eating? Like, even that right there. It's just it's because they, there's okay. also been evidence that it's not just you know, have you been exposed? It's the, it's the, um, the time length you've been exposed. So in other words, if I'm across from you with my mask off three feet apart for 30 seconds versus, you know, an hour, there's a huge Mm -hmm. difference there. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a huge difference in terms of your risk. And so why not say, keep your mask on until it's time to eat? Like, I just, I don't like that, that to me is something that I can get more on board with because that's not a whole lot different than going to Home Depot or going to the doctor. Yeah. But how long does it take to get it? You know, I agree with what you're saying, but the same respect, you're not going to eat in two minutes and then put your mask on and be like, all right, our meal's over. 
you know, it's not, per- it's not perfect. It's not perfect. You know, you're going to be there for 20 minutes talking, eating, I guess in theory, if I had to say, you probably can get just as sick as maybe leaving your mask off the whole time. So I don't I mean, know if it's perfect, but you know, it's, it's an option. It's something to be discussed. You know, the, there's frustration with people congregating outside on streets and business owners are saying, you know, let us open the doors. It'll get some of the people off the streets and the crowding outside that has become a problem. I mean, I think at the end of the day, the, the real issue is it's, well, not the issue, but it's a big issue is people like, you know, obviously I think business owners have a reason to take this seriously. You know, this is their livelihood. And even if they maybe think masks are silly, they understand they got to get with the program. If they're going to have a livelihood, a lot of individuals are just that they are looking at this very individualistically. They're saying it's, it's about me and I'm going to do me. But the thing is right now doing you affects other people, whether you want it to or not. And so if some yo-yo wants to, you know, run around town without their mask and do their thing, they could be infecting people because it's not as simple as you do you. And so to me, like my, my big fear, like, like I trust, especially like restaurants I know, like you and I know a lot of people in the business and we know the ones who do it right. And so I know if I go to that person's restaurant, they're going to do everything right. But I don't know about the people around me. (laughs) You know, that's the issue. I think that's where it comes down to now giving people a little bit of personal freedom. You know, we we have to let people have that option. If you don't feel comfortable, you stay home. Um, You don't go out. You order in. You cook at home. That's part of this equation. People are getting tired and I get it. I get it. I get it. But the fight's not over. 145,000 people dying either. Because that's the other thing. People forget. Like. There was a point in New York where, you know, there's a, an ER down the street from me. There was a makeshift morgue outside of it. And I was hearing sirens every five minutes. Like, I think that's why New Yorkers are taking it more seriously, because we've lived the worst. And I think in some of these other areas where the numbers are spiking, people don't necessarily live near a hospital or they don't see a makeshift morgue. It, it feels more distant to them. But when you're in it, when you're in the war zone, it's a different world, man. It's a different world. But listen, Mike, I'm glad you came on. I'm I'm glad we were able to have this talk. Hopefully people got something out of it other than maybe enraged at one of us. But um, wear, a mask. wear a mask. Yeah, I mean, wear a, a mask. It's a polarizing topic, but just wear a mask. It shouldn't be. It's public yeah. health. I know there's a lot of nuance to it, but at the end of the day, public health should not be polarizing. We should be on the yeah. same page about If there's anything we should be on the same page about, it's about wearing a mask. That's a very simple thing people could do. get tested. Voluntarily go. I've been tested twice when I know I'm going to go somewhere. When I came down here to see my in-laws this weekend, we went and got tests voluntarily just to make sure. How long did it take you to get the results? If you're paying for it, and I think it was like $50, two to three days. Okay. Because that's the thing. That's the the other challenge. I hear it taking seven to 10 days for people to get results. That's messed up. Kind of defeats the purpose unless you're going to work yourself indoors for 10 days. but, you know, go. It doesn't cost that much money. Mike, thank you so much. Gotham Burger Social Club. I don't even know why I'm giving the Instagram a shout out. You're probably already following him. Everybody's I, following him. I, I appreciate the time today, man. This was great talking to you. Absolutely. And listen, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at Rob Patron TV. And make sure to follow, subscribe to the show. Hot Takes on a Plate is part of the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V. Check them out at B-L-E-A-V. Until next time, ciao.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.